Hello, this is episode 360 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha. So I got the episode number wrong the last time. I think some of the reason for that is because I have two series of podcasts going now, essentially. And somebody said to me in a message that I'm not really sure where to keep up with your work and, and where you're creating on at the moment. And the answer to that is there's actually four places that I'm creating in. And I guess there are invitations for people to enter those at different levels. And you may be up for entering all four of them. So the four places are this podcast, the subscription podcast, which I recorded a really long really personal recording on this topic of personalization. So if you want to know about it in a more personal depth with within working with the people who are kind of, as I see in my kind of lattice, go there. I host writing on my Patreon and I host writing now on my website in an open space, which is sort of writing or topics or articles that are beneficial to go with the podcast so that the Patreon people are essentially getting more of an insight into how I'm creating the work in the background. So they all have slightly different purposes and it's all very clear in my head as to which people are tapping into which part of that process. And as I said, some people are able to navigate it all and you're very welcome to do that. I'm really delighted with the people who are doing that. In supporting the subscription podcast and supporting my Patreon, you're giving me the creation space to keep creating for what I believe in, not necessarily what everyone thinks I should be doing, to keep forging ahead. And sometimes that's a slight sort of a delicate sort of tightrope that I walk. So, for example, at the moment, I have done a lot of writing where I've been really looking at the generational patterns between the Irish-American relationship. And I think this is taking me forward to the next series of writing. I've always sort of said, you know, why do I talk about black people and not talk about brown people or mixed race identity And the answer is always been because that's the next body of work, that's the next book. I really deeply, and I I can see myself moving closer and closer to writing that work that will centre around the the themes of migration. And there's some really ugly themes in there, especially to do with how we fundamentally use people, who we decide is of benefit in our society. There are really big signatures of genocide. The fact that every time we try to eradicate someone's culture, the rape features in that really strongly. And there's there's an entire erasion of identity. And I've been looking a lot at that in terms of the Irish-American relationship and in terms of how much Ireland has possibly changed since people left it at different key times and their reasons for leaving. But it's not the right time to share any of that because I'm in a very difficult process with an American corporation at the moment and I'm, so I'm, I'm sort of treading lightly. And that's some of the reasons why I have different spaces to share different work. So I've been thinking a great deal about this topic of personalization. I spoke a great deal 
within a, in, in a podcast only a couple of days ago on almost like my standards and my requirement for people to step into this to be within my inner circle and my tribe and for me to be really deeply investing energy in their work and that it was such a fundamental core value for me. I was thinking about where that originated from and I see that there are two areas in the world where it is most clear to me that we create a dynamic, an environment where we essentially strip people's sense of their, their own identity and themselves so much out of them that we leave them in this really blank canvas space that is then manipulated and used to have power over them. And they're two very radically different environments, but they're hugely impactful on how we see the world. And those two areas are acting and spiritualism. And my first experience of this was actually within the acting community, partly because when I returned from doing my PhD, I did a stint working in theatre. I predominantly worked in sound design. I also, at this time of the year, well, quite some time ago, ended up being technical director for the Gay Theatre Festival in Ireland. And I ended up winning an award, basically, for having been the sort of link pin person for helping to host, I think it was something like 36 productions in three weeks from, I think it was 11 countries internationally, all double-billed in a number of venues throughout the whole city. It was... And that was, it was quite funny because that wasn't my day job. My day job was working in a university at the time managing an MBA program. So it was a kind of, that was my hobby. Um, and when I, when I went for, when I was thinking of changing paths and I went for an interview with a recruitment agency, they thought that the theatre bit was my job. And I kind of had to explain that, no, that was just an aside project. So I had a lot of experience and I also dated someone who was studying acting at the time. And I was really horrified by what happened in the program because essentially, sorry, I'm still rattling like a dementor. I'm still a little bit wheezy. So essentially what happened was this course started in late September and by Christmas, everyone on the program that had a vice or a challenge, whether that was alcoholism, self-harm, eating disorders had all massively flared up. And there was this sense of making everyone go into the course, all wear black, totally leave them their, themselves behind in this effort to be able to step into multiple roles. This was the idea of it. And it was an extremely destructive process because they didn't have the core strength or the core knowledge of themselves and of their identity, of their self-care, of their sort of self-preservation to go through this process. It was an exceedingly destructive process to, to go through. I spoke before about reading the biography of Cecily Tyson, and I'll share a link for that again. But what's so clear in what, in what she does is that she has such a self-awareness and, you know, so many times in, in society, we, we sort of make self equal ego. And it's not. Self is core. 
it's it's your core identity beliefs values it's your pivot point to work from in a really healthy sustained way and then from that what I'm going to talk about when you don't personalize things you manage to have a distance from that but you still have it within you but you don't need to project it out and we're going to get there in the conversation so when when she talks about taking on really difficult roles like she talks about totally embodying them she talks about it her waking up and recognizing that she needs to radically change her hairstyle and at the time as a black woman that did not come without serious challenges and she talks about embracing the physicality she talks about taking even taking the pain of the characters through her body like it's a really involved really deep process but she has such awareness within doing that and stepping into those roles that she also steps back so that is really sort of strong core value and and self-identity that she has allows her to do that extraordinarily and allows her to go through the process. If I am encouraging students to go into the acting profession, that's actually what I look for because that is the, the sort of self-preservation. She didn't need to take drugs. She didn't need to have serious vices in her life. She was able to navigate a very difficult relationship, which I'm not going to go into because it, it would seem like judgment, but I would encourage you to read her biography and, and read into just what she navigated and just what she had the courage to navigate, but also at times the self-worth to say no. So it was extraordinary for her time. And she did all of that as a black woman, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Like there was no small thing for her to do because there is an extra vulnerability that we often do not acknowledge or take in, take, we, we, we just don't even step into it in, in our awareness. And in the past, I have been, um, I have neglected to do that as well. I've neglected to really see what that means. And so that, that's what I look for in people that I'm going to encourage to go into this industry. And that is why that industry is so filled with so much dysfunction. And that dysfunction is projected onto society and projected forward. And over the, the weekend, I have watched a National Theatre at Home production of All About Eve. And at the time when I went to see that film, I was really disturbed by the film. And I often joke that I don't see the same film as everyone else goes to the cinema to see. I saw a really messed up person playing a really messed up role. And I couldn't actually listen to the messaging within the role because it told their their sense of their own battles and their own traumas and their own personal disputes were so eroding to the part that you couldn't actually hear the messages of the part. And in watching the National Theatre production with an actress such as Gillian Anderson, who is very together, you can really hear the messaging of the part and the messaging of what that piece of script writing was trying to show us about society. And I will end up writing more about that in the book that I'm working on at the moment. So it was really, it's really interesting how much we can taint things by our own personalization. So ultimately, what, allow, what, what having a core allows you to do is it allows you to step outside yourself and to have a distance 
and to not project onto other people your personal experience and your expectation of what is going to take place. And I've been very interested to see that it seems to be, well, I had, I suppose, a big, a big, a big inquiry in my mind as to why it seems to be easier for either white people or black people to be able to navigate this, to be able to have a sort of a, a stretch and a growth and a step outside themselves, a self-awareness of their own positioning in society. And that's not for, like, you know, when I say that statement, it's very difficult to say because the white people that I'm referring to are people that have an extraordinary awareness of what whiteness is and what the system the, the system has created and the conditioning. So when I make this statement, the people I'm talking about have such a strong awareness of the conditioning of their own positioning and their own place within humanity and the privileges that has allowed them or not. So I'm talking to, this is why I have different places to put my work, because I'm talking to people who have done different journeys to different places and reached different levels of self-awareness in the same way as I'm talking about Cecily Tyson. And, you know, in having that awareness means that you can then sort of show to students who are younger what they need to navigate an industry such as the theatre world or the film industry, which can be a really toxic environment. And in the same way, having that awareness allows us to just navigate society, right? But what I have noticed, and, and, this, and this is kind of, it's, it's strange for me because there is such a vulnerability, particularly in being a black woman. It is the, the space that I would expect people to struggle the most to orientate themselves and to not allow society to have really it's almost like a shrinking of of self and the two places that I, I have read that and really kind of dropped into it and really experienced it are in reading the poetry of June Jordan and reading the writing of bell hooks particularly ain't I a woman and it's just like it's such a shocking place to be to see that there's an expectation within society that black women are going to be raped. And it is such a place of vulnerability. And it is, it's, it's the, one of the most diminishing things that can happen to a soul along with child abuse. And both of those things are, are expected almost for black women growing up. And I'm seeing that even in modern day cultures. And it's not always just a case of that it is the white people that will abuse them. The people within their own community have a, a notion that that's their place to be abused from. And so it's, it's, it's extraordinary to me that I can see people stepping out and being vulnerable, not personalizing things. I would describe sometimes the experience of what they're going through. It's like watching a snake that has shed a skin and that the new skin is really tender and really soft. Like it's not an easy thing to do. Like this, you know, you're stepping so much into that person and you're looking at what they're going through. So this is not easy. And so this for me then, I'm like, 
why are mixed race people finding this so difficult? Like, by comparison of the, the conditioning that's in society and the difficulties that are present and, and knowing the shocking sort of diminishment of people and the abuse. Why sometimes do people who are mixed race, and particularly if they're lighter in skin tone and they have a greater positioning to whiteness, why are they struggling the most? Like that's been a really big question for me for, for two years now g- going into this new writing. Like, why is that a space that is so difficult for them to step into this, this awareness and to stretch themselves out of it and to stretch themselves to a place where they don't personalize what they're doing? And the shocking answer that I, I think I have to come up with in my mind is that to be orientated to white is the difficulty. That there, you know, and, and in many ways, this has really landed in me this week with this Irish-American dynamic that's taking place. Because what it reminds me of is the positioning of white to Catholicism, especially in Ireland, that you can, you can leave Ireland and you can do so much, you can experience so much, you can step into so much, especially in an environment outside of Ireland. But then when you come back to the conditioning of what's still sort of festering under the surface in these lands and what completely actually eroded our own cultural identity here, what, what totally eroded over our original heritage, our language, our druidism, our connection to the lands, it eroded through so much that when you come back, you drop into that conditioning. And there's this undercurrent of shame and guilt. And I think that there is the same similar signature for people who find themselves being positioned towards white. There's a, it's a very similar signature that's making it incredibly difficult for them to step into this place where they're not projecting their own pain. And my experience in working with other people is that that is a very big hurdle to step over. That, that conditioning that creates shame in people is an exceedingly difficult space to step over. And it's shocking to think that it's more difficult for, to step over that than it is to step over some abuse. And obviously, like, I realized that in this conversation, like, what, what you end up doing is you end up sort of making things sort of generic into camps. And that doesn't mean that there aren't mixed race women who have been sexually abused and have all of that narrative to navigate as well. I hope that you can you can sort of start to see that I'm I'm talking about that's the problem with conditioning. The problem with conditioning is that we put people into camps and we give them certain narratives to try and navigate over and we don't see the the individual challenges within that. And that is why when I work with people, I try to give them the, the biography or the, the story or the deep narrative who people who have for people who have navigated over through these journeys. Because 
you're acknowledging more in that. But I'm talking on a on a sort of a larger, big picture sense of the the conditioning which is taking place within humanity that is making it impossible to drop into that work to begin with. It's making it impossible for those people to even acknowledge that they're projecting. It's making it so difficult for them to find a home within any of it. And it makes it exceedingly difficult then for the white people who have really stepped over this conditioning to not absorb that projection and actually feel quite wounded by it and upset by it and unseen by it. And it's so easy to just not want to be in the room. And at those moments where you begin to feel all of that is where you really have to step into trying to understand what is taking place here. And for me, I, I see maybe it's just that so much has taken place at the same time for me in the last two weeks that I'm starting to see similarities and tangents that leaves very d- deep signatures that feel incredibly similar to me. And the signature that I see is the signature of shame. And I don't think people have any understanding of how difficult a signature that is to step over. How much, you know, and, and in, in the sort of private podcast, Una talks about how me giving people permission to step over that. And it's shocking to think that someone needs to give you permission. That's the part that I always find shocking. And I think that's a good place to stop.